ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Sunday, May 10th. It has been a couple of weeks since the NFL draft. The recruiting world is hotter than ever. Um, and we don't have a whole lot else to talk about, so we wanted to hop on, talk a little Penn State. My name is Chris, coming to you from New York City. Co-host Pat, coming to you from L.A. Pat, how are you, man? I am so bored. I've, I've even been, you know, you, you know, you're usually our recruiting guy. I've even been on recruiting websites yeah. looking looking at guys, <laughs> looking at recruiting classes. I love it, man. You're going you're gonna to lead the segment today. Oh, no. <laughs> I can never remember any of their names. <laughs> it's it's so funny when you get like really recruiting world because like you know like you know kids so intently and you know their names and then like years go by and you'll see kids play at another school that like maybe didn't pan out as well and you're like oh shit I remember that guy. Yeah. Um, I remember the, the draft just happened and there was a guy he didn't get drafted he ended up I think going like undrafted free agent uh, Wally Batiku Ola Wally Batiku is his name. He went to, he's like a five-star D-end, was being mentored, mentored by LeVar Arrington. Like, Penn State wanted him so bad. Ended up going to USC. That didn't work out. Transferred to Illinois. Didn't really play very well there. And then now, now NFL is an undrafted free agent. So you see what happens, kids, when you don't go to Penn State? It's so true, man. It's so true. But no, best of luck to that guy. It's just, that's, it's, so, it's funny when you get into the recruiting world, you remember names and like random things that you should have no business remembering. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's start with the draft. Uh, about two weeks, I think, removed from it. We saw five Nittany Lions hear their names called. Uh, what'd you think of the draft before we get into specifics? What'd you think of the draft overall? Like how they did it and, you know, the virtual setup and all that stuff. I mean, I thought they did it about as well as they could, except for Roger Goodell. <laughs> simultaneously so uncharismatic. And also, you think they'd have, like, one person there just telling him how to correctly pronounce everyone's names. You tore <laughs> Matos. Just kill me. Like, listen, you should you – should, I understand there's 220-something picks. There, You know, you can't study everyone. You should know the top. He can't, but there's got to be an employee who can. Sure, that's, that's what I mean. But, but, even, but even if you take an employee who knows them all, right, like even if you slip them like phonetically to him, everyone, okay, maybe you mess up a guy in the sixth round or something. You should know the top 50 guys, like back of your hand. How much money are you Not getting? Imagine, like, even if you don't know it, they talk to the team who just drafted them before they announced the pick. Yeah. I have to imagine the team knows it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think they did it, you know, as well as they could. Um, Goodell, Goodell's just, he's, it's so funny because, like, he gets paid so much money just to be hated on and the face of, like, the punching bag. Like, I would take that job in a heartbeat. Like, some people say that, like, oh, would you take his job for getting booed all the time? You're yeah. damn right. Yeah. <laughs> Guy makes a lot of money. Um, but it was just like every time they even panned to him, it was like he wasn't ready to be on camera. Yeah. Like, every, he was like, Raj, we're on in three. Yeah, what? <laughs> Come on, guys, you ready for the next pick? Like, every time they panned to him, <laughs> dude, his head was rolling, pal. Yeah, in his basement, like, like man cave basement, I don't know, for like a multi million dollar man, multi millionaire, whatever. I kind of expected a little bit nicer, to be honest. But I mean, it looked more like a study. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, so we had five, five guys drafted, which is actually the th three years in a row with five plus drafted, uh, and four year, four out of the last five years. So nice little trend there for Penn state. Uh, we saw six guys sign undrafted free agent deals. So uh, I think let's just go through the guys drafted instant reactions. Um, it, it's funny. You always see like the, uh, you know, the expert, uh, analysts. We had Connor, uh, Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report on the show talking about like. 
they do grades immediately after the pick and then they do them after everything's done. Like how did the team do? Like, I don't know, man. I'm not going to say here what, what was good, what wasn't. You never know. But let's give some knee-jerk reactions. So first guy up, Yitor Gross Matos. Goodell, you idiot. Uh, goes to the Carolina Panthers, number 38 early in the second round. What would you think? I, I mean, they got a steal here. The fact that he didn't go day one, I still think is ridiculous. Um, it, was, it was surprising me that only two DNs went day one. Um, yeah. You know, I, I couldn't believe how far Epinesa fell, actually even after Yitor. Um, but did Carolina gets a tremendous second-round pick here. They, they, they got a day-one talent, you know, on day two. And I think their defense is looking pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm happy he was still the third D-end off the board. He saw, you know, Chase Young go two as expected, and then Caleb on Chase on in the mid-first round as well. Um, but like you said, you know, late for late for Utah and then Epinesa fell, what's in the Bills, late second? Um, which is crazy because we kind of thought it was going to be the opposite. Like, it's a class where it's kind of weak on D-end. You think maybe that would propel some of them to go higher. But um, – is what it is. I mean, I think I love this fit for you, Tor. Um, you know, I'm not a Panthers expert by any mean, but I feel like they're a fun team to root for right now. Um, Matt Rule. You know, know, they, they got a fun stinger coaching them. Yeah, Matt Rule. So rookie rookie head coach coming from uh, Baylor. I think he was at Temple before Baylor, right? You know, yep. playing pretty well, turned Baylor around. Well, coach Temple to their first win over us since yeah. World War II. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he became a hot name in coaching, went to Baylor, fixed that program. Um, so he's, you know, young rookie head coach. Uh, and then you got Joe Brady, another former Penn State ties, is the offensive coordinator there. Um, you know, they get rid of Cam. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater. That's a story you like to root for. Uh, Luke Keekley retired, so that's kind of, you know, tough on the defense. But they get Derek Brown in the first round, who's just a monster D-tackle. And then they get Etor in the second round. They're building that front up again. That's kind of fun. And that's exciting to root for. So, um, I mean, he'll be – I don't know if he'll start, you know, right away, but they don't have a whole lot of depth uh, in DN. So, you know, if it's not a week one thing, I imagine he'll take that role over by a couple weeks into the season easily, granted we have season. So, very happy. Yeah, I mean, I think at the very least he's going to see some significant time. Yeah, yeah, because they, they don't have, like, you know, um, who's on the other – they have one they have one pass rusher, but then the other one is – like pretty open with just like a role veteran role player in there. I was reading up on it. I don't remember the exact names, but um, I think it's a great situation for him. Um, I, I am a little bummed he didn't go in the first round though, because you, you hear these people on Twitter just love to pull dumbass statistics. Like some, some Michigan fan was going off of man, can't believe Utah wasn't a first rounder. So I had to look it up. Did you know Saquon's their only first rounder since 2010? I'm like, just shut up, dude. Like, I, no, I, I don't care about that, number one. But at the same time, yeah, I kind of wish he was a first-rounder. Of course. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we haven't had a defensive first-rounder since 2010. I think it was Jared Odrick, right? Um, I want to say that I should have looked this up, but I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, we'll have one next year. We'll get to that in a minute. But either way, very happy for you, Tour. Congrats on the Panthers. And, man, those Panthers jerseys are fire. Like, that, that Carolina blue, man, I might have to buy one of those. <laughs> Uh, up next, not too many picks later, eight picks later, number 46 to the Denver Broncos is K.J. Hamler, their human joystick, going to the Mile High City. What do you got? I was devastated he didn't go one pick later. i got to be honest with you. Yep. Uh, I, was, I saw him approaching the Jets, and I got so excited. 
And the, the fact that the Jets traded back after he got picked, I'm like, oh, they were clear. They clearly just wanted him. Yeah. <laughs> I think you texted but, me that, right? It's like the Jets yeah. like, he wasn't available, traded down. Yeah, might as well just get out of here. <laughs> um, I mean, this was um, – the, the, the more I – watched the draft, the more I started to think if KJ had run his 40 at the combine that he might have, he would have gone earlier. Yeah. Um, but the receivers ended up actually going a lot later than I thought. So it, it seems like it just wasn't even realistic for him to go in the first round at, at all at, at that point. Um, it was one of those weird drafts where there's so many good receivers. Everyone was just like, ah, we can get one. We can still get a great receiver if we wait. And that they did all ended up falling. Um, I think he's in a solid situation in Denver. They got a young receiving core with some talent. Yeah, I, I love this fit as well. Um, agreed, receivers was a little weird. Um, Ruggs goes first. Shout out to me for making a bet on that. Ruggs is the first receiver on the board. Not a big deal. Um, but yeah, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb. Lamb fell even to, to end up uh, at the, the – Cowboys. 17, I think it was. And Judy got picked by the Broncos too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Broncos double-dipped on wide receiver there. They get Judy in the first and KJ in the second. So, like you said, you got Drew Locke, who was a second-year quarterback, showed some real promise last year. Um, you have Cortland Sutton, who was a first-round pick, showed that he can be a great number one receiver. Um, and then Noah Fant, former Iowa tight end, is there. So, if you look at that five uh, – oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Also, they signed Melvin fucking Gordon and still have Philip Lindsay. Yeah. That's an exciting offense. Um, and a lot Not of people- to mention, I think that tells you how highly they think of KJ Hamler, that they picked Jerry Judy in the first round, and they still have plenty of needs on the rest of that team. And like, no, I think this kid's so electric that we, we have a chance for him. We got to take him. Yeah, I kind of love it. It's, it's, hey, you have a young rookie quarterback and you want to build around him. That's what teams try to do when you have a young superstar quarterback that you think is going to be great. You have him for cheap, build around him as you can, you know, get that Super Bowl window going. Um, so I think their offense is incredible on paper. Um, a lot of jokes on, on Twitter that, hey, have, didn't we see this last year? Because the Browns, when it was like Odell, Jarvis, Njoku, Chubb, yeah. like, you know, anything can happen in real life. But um, yeah, I agree. Had he run the 40, I think he could have just snuck into the first. Um, you, saw, you saw a couple others go before him. So it was, it was Ruggs, Judy, Lamb. The Eagles took Jalen Ragor from TCU. Um, which was a yeah. shock to me because and basically what I read on Eagles Twitter is that they liked him because he was fast. So maybe KJ would have been that pick if he had run. Uh, yeah. And then Justin Jefferson goes to Minnesota. Uh, T. Higgins to the Bengals. I think there was one more after T. Higgins before Judy in the second, but I can't remember who. Um, not important. But I think, I think KJ is – I think I love that fit for him. I think he instantly becomes their slot receiver. Um, might might mean uh, saying goodbye to our guy Deshaun Hamilton on that team. Uh, they're loading up at receiver. I don't know if he'll stick around past his rookie contract, but hey, maybe a fresh start somewhere else is you know good for him too. So um, happy for KJ. Did you see the video of him getting his jersey on Twitter? Yeah, he's never had a jersey with his name on it before. Yeah, and fucking some dickhead in the comments. Did you see this? <laughs> some yeah. guy replies because he's wearing KJ's wearing a shirt from like from like the opening or like one of those like high school, like camps that they all went to. And it's a t-shirt. It says his name on the back Hamler. So some, some guy replies like not to be that guy, but doesn't it say his name on his shirt right now? I'm like, shut up, dude. That's not what this moment is about. Also, that's not a Jersey he ever played in. Right. Exactly. Um, but that was cool too. And, and, and what, what did he need? Play 16 games a season in, in his fucking 
yeah. receiving camp jersey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I love that fit. I'm very excited for KJ. I, I, I tweeted, I was like, yo, I might have to buy one of these jerseys. I think eventually when I get rich, not there yet, but when, uh, I'm just going to buy all of like, the like stars in the NFL from Penn State. Get a Godwin, get an A-Rob. Like, you know, I think that could be kind of cool. I like it. Uh, up next, we have to wait a little bit uh, to round four, pick number 141. John Reed going to the Texans. A little uh, reunion with Billy O'Brien. What do you think? Yeah, I was surprised when this pick got announced. I won't lie. Um, I, John Reed was a guy who I definitely thought was going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking like five, six. Then um, you hear his name get called in four and going to Billy O'Brien. You, you got to like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, think I, I think I projected like five or six for him just because, you know, he's a little undersized. Um, you know, he had some injuries in college. You didn't really know. Um, but the connection with O'Brien, I don't know if he ever played for O'Brien. I think he was recruited by him, though. So I think when, when Bill O'Brien was at Penn State, John Reed was in high school and, like, was at the Penn State camp, so they knew each other through that. Um, I feel like maybe he played for one year, but I don't think so. I think he was all Franklin. Um, but it's exciting, man. I don't, <laughs> you know, Bill O'Brien's getting a real bit of rap on Twitter for because he's the GM of the Texans. And yeah, I mean, that, DeAndre, that DeAndre Hopkins trade, buddy, I don't know what you're doing there. <laughs> They've made some other questionable trades. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a cool, cool opportunity for him to jump in, be a slot corner, nickel corner, and, and you know, contribute. If, you're gonna, if they're taking you around four, you're going to contribute early. So that's awesome. Um, up next, round six. Cam Brown, pick number 183, goes to the New York Giants. Another little Penn State connection. Sean Spencer is there. Obviously not a D lineman, but, you know, on the defense, I'm sure they know each other, work together a little well. Uh, Cam Brown to the Giants, what do you think? Giants just love these Penn State guys. Um, you know, I, I'm a little jealous of Giants fans that they, they keep getting all these Penn State players. Mm-hmm. And our Jets can, just can't seem to manage to bring one in. Um, but, you know, I, I think this – this is one of those, first of all, I, I like that he got picked because he was, I thought he was going to be the last Penn State guy picked originally. Um, and I thought he was going to be kind of a, a borderline. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. So right. you, you were very happy to see him go and, and not in the, you know, not in the last round. And then to a team that seems to value our program. Yeah. Um, that means that I think that means there's probably a little bit better chance that he's going to stick around there. Um, you know, that they're going to give him a legitimate shot. And it also just it, you, you like to know that there are, there are NFL organizations that see what our program is doing and go, you know, these guys, even their most high-profile players, are guys that we want on our team because they're going to contribute. They're value picks. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about that pre-draft. We asked Connor, um, like, hey, what is the NFL perception of Penn State? And, you know, I was, I was actually a little surprised by his answer. He said, you know, he said, you know, the NFL still views Penn State as a you know, blue chip program. Whereas like, you know, not that I thought it was in the gutter, but I figured, you know, last however many years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of thought that, but yeah, I, I agree with you there. It's, it's awesome to see that. Um, I think some of the knocks Cam had coming in on him is that he's a little, little undersized, a little slow for a linebacker. Um, but I think with them too, I mean, if you can develop him into, you know, more of an outside linebacker, pass rusher kind of guy, that could, that could fit in that scheme, I think. Uh, Giants need need pass rush help. Uh, they have a lot of D tackles, but not a ton of pass rush. Um, so you don't know. You know. A guy gets into an NFL training program, a little maybe not as big, maybe not as as fast for a linebacker. Maybe they develop in, into more of an edge rusher and special teams guy. I could see that happening for him for sure. 
And then our last pick of the draft, Robert Windsor, number 193. So 10 picks later goes to the Indianapolis Colts. I feel like this one just fits. Like Rob Windsor, big Midwestern boy going to India. Yeah. Like, that just seems right. Yeah, I feel that. This one, I, I, this one might have been the most exciting to me because I didn't think he was going to get picked. And it kind of came out of nowhere. It's not like, you know, you were looking at the board of best available and Rob Windsor was like number three and you were waiting for him to get taken off. It just kind of popped up. Yeah. And it was, it, was, it was exciting to see him get drafted. He's a guy that we love. Um, he had some big games for us. You see some flashes of, like, when he can really dominate. And you just hope to see, you know, hope to see him contribute like that on Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think with him, too, it's, you know, he had a great year, his second to last year, and then there was a slight dip his senior year. Like, yeah. Not awful, but he just didn't have the same stats, so you drop a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for him. I think that's I think that's a solid fit. Um, and I say that knowing not much about the Colts, I'm just going to keep saying that they're solid fits because it makes sense to me. Um, but those are was a good fit. <laughs> What'd you say? I want to make sure. Why else were they picking if it wasn't a good fit? Okay, so well, great. Sure, right? um, so that's that's it for our our drafted guys who are currently or ended their career with the program. We'll get back to somebody else in just a minute. Uh, but let's get first to our undrafted free agents. Uh, Steven Gonzalez to the Cardinals, Nick Bowers to the Raiders, Garrett Taylor to the Buffalo Bills, Jan Johnson to the Texans, joins up with uh, John Reed, Blake Gilligan to the Saints, and Dan Chizena to the Vikings. Um, anyone, anyone stick out there? Anyone you like on those uh, undrafteds? Um, let me think here. Um, you know, I like Jan Johnson going on uh, – I think he, you know, he's not a guy who's got like the physical tools that are going to jump out of you for an NFL player. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I agree. Um, we actually had a Twitter question from Chris at Lions026 said, what undrafted player is most likely to make a team and see, see playing time? So you're going Dan Johnson for that one. Um, I think, man, I like Blake Gilligan to the Saints so much. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's going to be like three punters on there. Yeah. On the yeah. last. <laughs> <laughs> also punters just don't get drafted of course of course so like but i don't know i I love the fit like thomas morstead has been a staple for the saints for the saints the saints for 10 years 11 years now um i mean i can't imagine he has many years left i don't know like do they do they hang on to blake on like a practice squad or as an emergency backup and then he's the guy i would love that um i don't know i like that one a lot i do have a bone to pick with one of our undrafted free agents though um, if you are listening to this, Mr. Steven Gonzalez, been a big fan of yours for a long, long time. I don't think I've ever said anything bad about you, but as I went to congratulate you on Twitter, I found out we are blocked by Steven Gonzalez. Wow. Have I said anything bad about him? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't think so. Like I, I literally typed, I was like looking in my old tweets. I like typed in Gonzalez, Gonzo. I was like, did I say anything bad? Um, I don't think so. But yeah, he has he has no names. Maybe, maybe he listened to the podcast one time and heard me uh, heard me talking some smack on the line. <laughs> uh, to any current, past, or future Penn State players listening to this podcast, we love you. We talk. We express our frustrations. Get our venting out. We love you, Stephen. If you're listening, I would love to be unblocked. Uh, <laughs> but congrats, congrats to being. Yeah, able- even even when I'm frustrated, I never, I never like hate a Penn State player. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think that's been our mo this whole podcast. It's like, hey, we're gonna vent and we're gonna say some shit, but like our tagline should be like, 
we root for Penn State players. Like, that's it. Like, we our guys all the way. Rocking the blue and white. I'm going to say some things, but I love you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to come on sometime and critique my performance as, yeah. as a podcast co-host, feel free. I stutter my words. I say things I shouldn't. I say, oh. I'm not that smart. I get it. We, we are not without fault. So, Stephen. I uh, don't know that much about football. Yeah, no, I, I understand, Stephen. <laughs> Very true. Uh, so, that wraps up the guys uh, who finished their career at Penn State. But like I mentioned, a couple of other former Penn Staters go. So, Tommy Stevens. Tommy time gets drafted by the New Orleans Saints in the seventh round. I love this, man. I really do. Of course. Did you see? Uh, did you see the article? Um, I tweeted. I tweeted out a clip of it. Uh, it's on the Athletic. I don't know if, if you got a chance to look or read. I don't. Uh, I don't pay for the Athletic, unfortunately. All right, I'll, I'll send you the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> anyone that has a subscription to the Athletic, definitely check out this article. Uh, it's on our Twitter somewhere. Uh, if you don't have a subscription to the Athletic and you like sports writing, check it out. Not a paid ad. They don't like us, but I'm just putting it out there. Um, but it was pretty cool. It was. Uh, it was basically an article saying that. Um, they were calling Tommy, like knew, knew that they wanted him as an undrafted free agent. Uh, like Sean Payton and I guess whoever else in the Saints organization, like talking to Tommy and his agent, you know, they, they were like, Hey, we want you, you know, we'd love you, love to have you here. think you can be another like Taysom Hill kind of guy for us. Um, and Tommy's been pretty open about how much he looks up to Taysom Hill and how he's kind of carved the path. I was say, he is like looking to be their next Taysom Hill. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You already have Taysom Hill, but you need another one, but that's another. I think he's got like one year left on his contract though, right? I feel like they just paid him. I think they just gave him like a two-year deal and gave him I don't know. not not starting. Do you have too many Taysom Hills? True, true, true. Um, but anyway, in the article, it talks about how they were ready and they, they, you know, thought they had a good shot at him, but then, you know, the phones just kind of went dead. Tommy and his agent stopped responding and they're like, what the hell's going on? Um, and they figured out that, uh, Tommy had already kind of agreed to a similar undrafted free agent deal with the Panthers. So Peyton says, all right, let's offer him some more money. So offers him some more money. And Tommy was like, I appreciate it, whatever. But like, you know, I've made a commitment to the Panthers already. Like, I, I need to think about this. So Sean Peyton then says, fuck it. I'm not letting this be a decision. Trades back into the seventh round. They didn't have any picks anymore. So they gave I a, forgot about that. a next year's sixth rounder to trade back into the seventh round and pick Tommy Stevens. And apparently, Sean Payton, who knows uh, Joe Brady, because Joe Brady used to work in the Saints organization before going to LSU, yeah. he, he, uh, he texts Joe Brady afterwards. Like, I forget what the quote was, but he texts him something like, uh, how's it looking now, or something like that. And they just take him. No chance. I love that. I mean, yeah, you love, you love to hear that they care that much about Tommy Stevens, you know? Mm-hmm. A guy who, you know, if you ask anyone before this draft, no one's talking about Tommy Stevens. Not really. I mean, you know, he did his, like, uh, he did his, like, unofficial pro day. Um, I remember I tweeted that out because he even put, like, in his notes, like, you know, this in quarterback and this in tight end. Like, he was willing to do anything, um, which I think is why they love him, too. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I love that, that the team wanted him so much that they traded back in to get him weren't going to let him slip to the Panthers. Um, that's just really cool. And I, I wish him the best of luck in, in New Orleans. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some, uh, some big plays, some Tommy time on Sundays. Uh, joining him in New Orleans. So you got Blake Gilligan down there. You got Tommy Stevens and also Jawan Johnson, undrafted free agent, uh, goes to New Orleans. And then another one that was real surprising to me, Brandon Polk. 
undrafted to the Rams. Remember Brandon Polk? Yeah, went went to James Madison, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He was a, a you know small, speedy receiver. Um, had a decent like first year with us, and then transferred to James Madison, much lower level of competition, but just absolutely crushed it for them. Uh, and you know was enough to get noticed and got an undrafted free agent contract. So good for him. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely glad to hear that. Um, so let's wrap up draft conversation with some Twitter questions. Uh, like I said, Chris was the only one who, who wrote in this time. Thanks, Chris. We talked about uh, undrafted, most likely field. Um, next one is, do Saquon and Grant Haley get to haze Cam Brown now that he's on the Giants? For sure, yeah. No, I did think about this, though, because obviously, like, you know, you always see the, the rookie hazing anytime you watch uh, Hard Knocks or anytime the NFL does specials, you always see that crazy stuff. Um, remember, what was it, the year Deshaun got drafted and they, they shaved all the heads of the Broncos and he had, he had that hair. I felt so bad for him. Oh, yeah. But I was thinking about this. Do you think, like, if you're in that locker room, you're Saquon or Grant Haley and Cam Brown comes in, that's, you know, that's your little bro, you guys playing in the same team. Do you go harder on him or do you, like, look out for him a little bit? I see Saquon going to Louisiana, but Grant Haley going hard on him. <laughs> like, Saquon feels kind of bad and he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Grant Haley's like, no, I don't think so. Yep. I mean, Grant Haley was, what, undrafted, right? Uh, yeah. They both play on the defensive side of the ball, probably spend a little more time together. So, yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, and then his last question, uh, is it me or does KJ belong now belong to a top five receiving core in Denver? Um, what do you think? Uh, I don't know if you can say that yet. It's it's a receiving core that has potential to be really, really great, but it has no, like, proven track record of being great. So I, I just I don't think you can call it top five yet. Yeah. It could be. It could be. Back to right answer. Um, the only ones on that on that team that have really proven is, you know, Cortland Sutton had a good rookie year. I think fans showed promise. I don't know what his stats looked like, but, yeah, they, uh, I'm with you there. Um, it, it's interesting, too, to think about, like, receiving cores it's almost like the nfl is starting to become kind of like the nba with the big threes and the super teams like you're starting to see that with receiving cores of people just like you need a big two at least like it has to happen so you got like godwin and evans down in in tampa bay yeah arizona now has larry fitz deandre hopkins and christian kirk um there's other ones i'm forgetting but it's like it's it's almost the you know as the nfl gets more of an offensive league and it's been doing that probably for the last 10 years, like teams are just, you know, filling up the arsenals, getting as many weapons as they can. And, you know, it's a good sign for future offensive players coming out. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you can't say top five yet, but a whole lot of potential. Um, okay. Let's pivot to uh, 2021 rapid fire. So it is way too early. These are obviously not worth getting into deep conversation on now, but let's take a look. 2021, Yes or no, meaning will they get drafted? Uh, Mike Parsons. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Uh, Pat Frymuth. First round, second round at latest. Yeah, I think both of those guys go first. Uh, Journey Brown. I, I, I think Journey Brown gets drafted. I think he has a big year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's a top three-round guy, top two with a great year. Um, absolutely. Some people talking about him sneaking into the first round. Like, listen, I would love it's that. It's hard for running back to do that these days on that i'd be very excited about that we're a year away and it's a loaded a loaded running back class again you had also i mean running backs just don't get drafted like they used to like 20 years ago jk dobbins would have been a top five pick yeah i couldn't believe he slipped all the way to baltimore when they got him um yeah 
Yeah, unless you're a Saquon or, you know, what was it, Leonard Zeke. We had that run of guys going top 10. Yeah. The last few years, it's, it's died off. Um, and next year, too, like I mentioned, you have, you have a couple of guys. Like, this was a pretty good running back class this year, and you had a couple of guys who decided to stay in school. Um, you got Chuba Hubbard, uh, Oklahoma State, Najee Harris, Alabama. Um, there's one more I'm forgetting. Oh, Travis Etienne, Clemson. So, like, there, there's a good running back class. If Journey and when Journey has another big year, I think he's a top three round guy easily and then can go up depending on yeah. uh Next up, this is, this is one of the, the biggest question marks. Not question marks, but probably more like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's just get to it. Sean Clifford. He stays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like his, his season this year was not – I don't think was good enough to make a jump. Like even if he has an outstanding year with Sharaka with a new offense, like it's tough to leave early. For that Quarterbacks time. only leave early if they're going to be an absolute first round pick. Yeah, and there's just not that many guys who are. Yeah, and it's really hard to get trapped to the first round as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have to be like a Heisman contender. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I mean, yeah, you look at next year, you'll have your Lawrence, Justin Fields. Um, guy from North Dakota State's getting a lot of. Blood. You either have to be it, be like a Heisman contender, or hope that the Green Bay Packers don't know what they're doing. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think he comes back. Uh, Shaka Tony. Yeah, he goes. He gets drafted. And high, I, I think he's going to have a great year. He's. I've talked about this. I feel like for two and a half years now since we've been doing this podcast, he's just continued to get better and get more complete. Like when he came in, he was just the speed rusher and like kind of situational guy. He's built into such a complete D end. And I think this is going to be like his final, I won't even say breakout cause he's broken out, but this is like his final, put it all together. He's still an under the radar guy. Like he's not a national conversation kind of guy. But yeah. At the end of the season, he could be. Yeah, I agree. Because even I think even before this half season, like Etor's name was known. You know what I mean? Like they knew kind of who he was. Um, yeah, I saw um, one of one of the Tony one of the Tony members. Um, I mean, his mom even talked about like in terms of the season happening next year. She was like, "It better happen because we stayed for this season." Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was his mom or his sister. One of them tweeted like, "We we stayed for this. We like it better happen." This is right, how great are the Tonys? The Tonys are some of the best Twitter followers out there. Shout out to Shaka Tony too because he had uh, on Twitter very often. I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but I'm gonna give some more love. Um, and I asked him a question, and he responded, and he was just like very like professional about answering all of the questions that people were throwing at him. I liked it. So yeah, Shaka gets drafted, goes early. Uh, Lamont Wade. Yeah, he gets drafted. I think he had a monster. I mean, I thought he had a great season this season, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Twitter folks when I because I, I I put out a tweet like with all of these names. I was like potential for a great class, and some people were like Wade. No way. I was like, I, I think. Does so. he have another year of eligibility after this? Uh, no, this should be his last. I'm pretty sure. And uh, even if he did, I mean, I could see him leaving early. Um, but I think I, mean, I, I think there's no way he doesn't get drafted yeah. if he if he plays a full season and plays like you know just a regular progression from what he did this past season. Yeah, I mean, there's no shot he doesn't. I mean, he's a bit of a smaller guy, but he had a great season. Was forcing fumbles, was making plays. Absolutely, I think he gets drafted. Whether it be you know rounds four to six, maybe who knows? But I think absolutely. Not to mention, like I don't teams still care about what a high like a. Uh, rated recruit you were out of high school because it shows them that you had the tools to be good, that you yeah. have like the raw talent, even yeah. if it didn't pan out perfectly in college. 
they go to, this is a guy we can work with and mold. And there, he was. Yeah, there, there was a tweet, I'll have to look it up. Someone did the analysis of like, how many five stars versus four stars versus three stars, two stars, one stars, because everybody loves throwing out that stars don't matter. Look at Russell Wilson and JJ Watt. They were two stars. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of where that conversation ends though. Like it is far more likely that when you're being drafted and drafted high, that you were a four or five star. Like it, it the, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't actually believe it until he pulled the stats and he showed it. Cause I was like, Oh, there's probably a bunch of three stars that crushed it. And it just like historically over the last however many years, the first round and second round are highly comprised of former four and five stars. Which is even crazier when you think about it. There's like, what, 25 star players a year? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a small percentage, man. Like when you think of like the, the dream for a kid from high school to even get a college offer D1 and then play and go to the draft and get drafted in the first round, it, that gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, but I think Lamont Wade is one of those guys for sure. Uh, Michael Mennett. Um, yeah, I think he gets drafted. I think he's going to be like a, uh, a late round guy. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, he's come, he, he's someone who came in with a lot of hype. He was a composite four star, but damn close to a five star. Um, you know, he, I think he had a little bit of an injury during Penn state, but he, he slid into that center role. Cause I think he played a little guard early on. It's been so long since football. I'm not remembering all this shit completely. But I think he's, like, solidified in his role, a couple of years under his belt. He's the center of the line. Like, I think he's in a really good spot to have a good year and then put himself in that conversation for a mid-round pick. The center seems like one of those positions that rarely gets drafted, like, high at all. But okay. when teams have a need, there's – like, you, you will get drafted in the mid to late rounds if you're a good center. And if you're really good, that propels you because it's a more of a, you know, exactly. Cesar Ruiz went pretty high this year. And, dude, he's another guy. I remember we, we, we recruited him in high school and wanted him. And he had a very solid career at Michigan. I think he went late first round, right? Um, so, yeah, I think Michael Mennett for sure. This next one is where I got a lot of sass. Uh, Antonio Sch- Um, Is he going to have eligibility left after this? No, this should be his last year, I think. I like Antonio Shelton as a player, and I can see him having a big enough year that he gets drafted. Um, but I think worst case scenario, he's an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I agree. Because the, the tweet I put out, I was like, I was something like, next year could be a big year, and I just listed all these names. Didn't say yes, no. Didn't say rounds. I was just like, cool. And someone replies, going Shelton, like question mark. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I think he could get drafted with another big year. And the guy replies, goes another. I was like, dude, like. I like this all season. Yeah, I, I mean, he, stat- he didn't get a lot of playing time. Is he was he was a like a, a he wasn't like a, a dead set starter. He was a filling guy, kind of. I mean, I think, no, he was the starter, but they rotated a bit in the middle there. Yeah, that's that's that time. He was he was a rotating player. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think for a D tackle, like his stats aren't great. Like if you look, if you go to ESPN, they're like number of tackles, number of you know tackles for loss, sacks, nothing like that is great. But like sometimes you have those guys that are D tackles that aren't going to show up because they're just filling up the space. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I like him as a player. I like, I, you know, they've talked about how much like he means to the team and as a leader on the team. And like, I'm going to root him to get drafted. Like I don't get that part of arguing on Twitter. Like, no way that guy's going to get drafted. I love Penn State. Man, even, even if he doesn't, but, like, I see him as a guy who, at the very least, ends up as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I'm not, not going to dwell on the negativity, but hope, uh, hope well for him. Uh, Tariq Castro-Fields. Um, 
Yeah, he strikes me as a late round uh, UD, UDA kind of guy, UDFA. Because um, he's got some physical tools that I think teams will like. Yeah, I think, I think this one definitely depends on the season because he's, he's had For so much sure. of greatness and then sometimes not so great. So, like, you come together with a really good season – Cool. That's, that's the lasting image for teams when they see that. Um, next two are guys that would have to leave early. Um, I, don't, I didn't check everyone's eligibility, but this one is actually getting a lot of talk. Jason Away. I mean, I could see it because he is such a physical freak. He could have that breakout performance. And even if he just has, like, a good year, teams will just see him and be like, I, we could do something with this guy. Yeah. I mean, he is – He's the kind of guy that came in and all you ever heard about him is, like you said, physical freak, but he's raw. And then, you know, he showed some flashes, you know, had a couple of sacks last year. I mean, he's like 6'5", 260, and they say he runs four. He runs like a four three, yeah. <laughs> Insane. Um, I mean, Yitor even talked about him when they, like, they were interviewing Yitor after getting drafted. And were like, one of the questions was like, who's next? Or maybe it was other man. He even said, like, Jason Away, man, like, I thought I was fast, and that kid smokes me. Like, that's yeah. crazy. For I'll that. tell you what, though. Unless he, like, light, lights the world on fire this season, I think he should stay for the senior year. Yeah, and that's, that's what it'll come down to, right, is if, if he has an absolute monster season and is in those first two-round talks, yep, gone. See ya. Um, but I, just, I love that that conversation is even happening for a guy that hasn't played all that much. That's incredible. Um, and the last one on the list that I have, Rashid Walker will also be eligible um, as a true junior left tackle. What do you think? Um, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if he leaves early. Uh, just because I think it, it's hard to garner that much attention as an offensive lineman unless you are one of, like, the best offensive linemen coming out of college. Yeah. And, I mean, like, left tackle is the premier position, right? It's, you know, in, in the NFL, it's, it's quarterback, it's pass rusher, it's left tackle. Like, that's what you're looking at. Um, and you saw that with how many tackles went in the top 11 this year, 12. Uh, you know, we took four of them this year. How many of them left early, I wonder, though? Great question. I, I have not looked it up. Um, that, that's something I don't know, but I would be curious to see, like, how many offensive linemen are leaving early. You know, yeah. It's just it's hard to get attention as an offensive lineman. Yeah, and, like – another year of development in a strength program, like you can bulk up, find, like fine tune that craft. Like somebody, somebody tweeted about Rashid Walker. Um, I think on the tweet that I put out, cause I didn't include him originally. And I was like, listen, I would be thrilled if he's worked his way into being good enough to get drafted early. And he leaves. Like, I would be so happy for him. So happy for the program. Cause that means he had a really good year. But at the same time, I think he comes back for one more and becomes a fantastic left tackle. Like that's what I would like to see. Not to mention, I just, of, as much as Connor said, like Penn State still looked at as a blue chip program, I don't think we're looked at as like an offensive lineman factory right now. Right. And yeah. so I think it, it's probably a little, you know, if you go into Iowa, Alabama, uh, Wisconsin, even, yeah. I think it's a little bit easier to get that hype as an offensive lineman. Yeah, those, that's what those programs are known for. I mean, for us, we had Connor McGovern go a couple of years ago. He went early to the Cowboys, but he really played. I think he was hurt. Um, Donovan Smith to the, you know, Bucks, however many years ago. Um, John Urschel. John Urschel. Um, you know, he didn't play a ton, but he, he, was, he got drafted there. Wisniewski's yeah. probably, like, the only one still doing it in the league, right? Am I, am I forgetting anyone else? A.Q. Shipley had a solid career. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely A.Q. Oh, I love that guy. 
Um, yes, but again, we're going years back here. Like you said, it's not a line factory, but all of that being said, I mean, that's a handful of guys you're looking at. A, you know, we talked earlier about having five plus players draft. Um, and of course at the end of the draft, you see all of those graphics of how many, how many players had LSU had like 14 or something this year. Oh my God, it's insane. Alabama always has double digits. Ohio state's up there. Michigan put out like 12 or 14, 14 drafted guys. Um, Maybe that's wrong, but I thought I saw a graphic. But like, Seems like too many <laughs> guys out, right? Um, dude, Michigan's entire offensive line got drafted. I think. I think. Really? Yeah, I think they did have a very good offensive line. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I remember the Penn State guy saying that that was to that point that by far the best offensive line they'd gone up against. I want to say at least four of the five were in the draft, and they all got drafted, which is like crazy because they like didn't have that great of a season. But you have a stellar offensive line. Um, Shea Patterson did not get drafted, unfortunately. I was going to say that might have been the reason they didn't have that stellar of a season. <laughs> yeah, quarterback. <laughs> well, the point being, like you know, we we've talked uh, for a while that you know it's it's sort of this cycle that Penn State is getting back on. Like recruit well. Then you win on the field. If you win on the field, you recruit well. That cycle keeps going. If you're developing talent well, then you're getting guys to the NFL. If you're getting more guys to the NFL, then you're recruiting well. And the whole thing is just that big fucking yeah. cycle. Um, and I think we're seeing that get better year over year. All right. Let's jump into some recruiting with our new recruiting expert, Pat Colicchio. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what do you see in the recruiting world, man? Start it off. I'm not going to steal your thunder here. All right, so the first guy is actually, I thought, one of the, the most surprising polls to me. Lonnie White was the kid committed to Clemson for baseball, yeah. right? I couldn't believe they just didn't offer him also a football scholarship. I don't get that. I mean, Clemson is obviously, like, top of the top in football. They always have great recruiting classes. This kid's uh, legit, though. I think so. This is, this is an intriguing one with Lonnie White because he is um, – if you follow this podcast, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I always use – the 24-7 composite rankings. Like, I live and die by that. Couldn't use them for Lonnie White. Um, 24-7 has him as a four-star wide receiver athlete, like a solid four-star. But then you look on the composite, and he's like a low three-star. I'm like, okay. If we're talking to I think Rivals has him as a three, right? He has him as a two. Like, what? How, how can one – person have a high four-star and another service have a low like i've never been a big i guess it's because he hasn't played wide receiver in an entire season so he finished his career as a quarterback right that's the only way this that adds up to me is that they essentially didn't see him play wide receiver for a whole season possibly and i mean the career's not over right so these these kids have one more season um you know this is this is this is class 2021 so they have their senior season upcoming um but yeah it's been it's been crazy in the recruiting world um and does rivals have him as a wide receiver athlete or do they have him as a quarterback i think it's two-star athlete they have him listed at so i don't know i've never been a huge fan of rivals espn is even a bigger joke uh, for rankings like if you ask me 24 7 is the best i think that like i have no data to back this up but i think for the best of what they do the composite is just great because it people can't argue at that point you're like hey we're looking at the composite looking at the averages everything's even um, but his, I had to take him off. But yeah, I'm excited, man. Lonnie White, kid from Pennsylvania, number 11 Pennsylvania. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going reverse order. So I, I didn't really give a good preface here, but this is reverse chronological. So newest recruit back to old. I think I have them all because we have so damn many of them. Um, but before Lonnie White, we got our QB. Christian Vayu. How do you, how do you think you say that one? 
I, I think it's got to be Vayu. Yeah. Uh, Canadian. Uh, Can- Canadian, eh? I uh, actually watched this kid's highlights. I was impressed. Yeah, what do you think about him? He has tremendous accuracy. Okay. Especially on the deep ball. Did this, this kid can really place really place a throw. Like, I was very impressed. I think his only um, – the only, th- like, drawback, it doesn't seem he throws the ball super hard. Um, but from what I was reading on the website, that's also – that's almost not as much because he can't throw hard. Is He has, like, a, he, he relies on touch too much, they said. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. And then he doesn't – also doesn't seem to be a super fast guy, mm. but – we had the same complaints about Sean Clifford coming in, and he was pretty productive with the feet this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, obviously I'm excited. Um, I tweeted, uh, am I a little disappointed that we didn't get Caleb Williams? Five I don't think we were going to, though. I don't think we had a shot anyway, and, and that's part of the larger conversation, right? Am I a little disappointed that we, we didn't get a chance there? Yeah. Am I also very excited for Christian? Yeah. Like, can I have both of those feelings? Absolutely. Um, and most people like agreed. There are a couple couple tweets like, "Oh, he's he's gonna he's gonna go up the rankings." He, you know, his tape's good. Like, he'll get noticed more. It's like, I'm all for that. And I'm gonna be a little negative for a second, a little bit back to positivity. I promise. Penn State, no names, all game. We root for players that wear Penn State blue and white. So I'm rooting for this kid. But it is kind of crazy to me how like we always just were so quick to rationalize. Like everyone's like. You know, oh, he's four star. He's so good. This kid's gonna be great. He's gonna be a diamond in the rough. Like, and I hope he is. Christian, if you're listening to the show, I fucking love you. Don't block. Also, me. is a four star quarterback even considered a diamond in the rough? As a highly rated quarterback, there's usually like three five star quarterbacks a season. Sure, and and that's that's where I, I got into looking into this because everyone everyone kind of like likes to you you write your own narrative, right? You figure out what works for you, and you that's how you talk about it. So for this kid. Uh, Christian Bayou, he is the number 16 pro-style quarterback in the class. Now, when you separate pro-style and, and dual, that's it's great for showing you what kind of quarterback these are. This guy's 6'4", 200. He's more of a pro-style quarterback. But end of the day, they all play the same position, right? So you put them together, he is the 27th ranked quarterback in this class. As a four-star, I mean, four-star is great, but there's 26 quarterbacks ahead of him in this class. Now, I trust James Franklin. I trust the recruiting. But, like, rating-wise, I mean, he's right there. Cliff was, like, just under uh, – Cliff was higher. I think, like, Michael Johnson Jr. was right around the same. Levis was a little bit lower. Like, I love this kid, and I hope he's amazing. But it's not groundbreaking for me. Like, we're going to have – I agree. It's not a groundbreaking recruit. We're going to have – like, think – imagine Cliff comes back for his extra year, his last year, because likely will – We'll have six scholarship quarterbacks. That's not going to happen. People are going to transfer, right? Because you, you got Levis, uh, Michael Johnson Jr., Taquan Roberson, Micah Bowens from Vegas, who just came in in this last class, and then Christian Vayu. So you got six scholarship quarterbacks. Somebody's going to transfer. That's just going to happen. Um, and I mean, I Vayu should like take a, a redshirt year too. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, you'll you'll see transfers or position. Bayou will redshirt, which is fine, right? It's fine to redshirt a kid coming in and probably should happen. But when you look at a guy like Caleb Williams or, or these five stars who come in and fight for playing time right away and take over and change the face of the program, I want one of those, man. I want one of those guys. It'd be nice. And it's, it's tough because, like, you, you, like I said, when you get involved in recruiting, you do get attached to these kids. 
Like, I want to see Will Levis play. I want to see Michael Johnson Jr. play. I want to see Taquan Roberson play. Like, I love all of these guys, but that's just not how it works. They can't all play, yeah. Yeah, that's why we saw Tommy leave. That's why we've seen, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Michael O'Connor came in with Christian Hackenberg, also highly rated. He transferred. Like, it, it just doesn't work. Um, so I love the guys that we have. But, yeah, I want to get a top guy one day. <laughs> like, it's been a while since we've had a top, true five-star quarterback. Since yeah. But I will say, though, just from watching this kid's tape and from, like, what I saw Kirk Shiraka do with Minnesota last season, I like that pairing. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the part that you can't right? New OC, obviously this kid felt comfortable enough with Shiraka. I'm very, very excited, and I hope it pans out. But that is my, uh, my corner, and hopefully this is the circle of trust and we can, we can get through this. Uh, moving on. Um, right, same day as Christian, actually, we got – the number one kicker in the nation, Sander Sahidak. Sander? Sander? I don't know how you say that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, kickers don't get stars. That just doesn't happen, so you can't say what he is. But corn blue kicking or Coles kicking, one of those, they actually rank just kickers, and he seems to be the number one. So, exciting. Yeah. Gotta, gotta love that we got the best kicker in the country, clearly. Uh, my only beef with this kid is that he is severely driving down our overall ranking <laughs> in the 24-7 team rankings by being a zero-star recruit. <laughs> Killing our average star ranking. Scholarship specialists don't happen very often, only a couple of years, right? Every couple of years you take a kicker. Uh, but you are correct. That brings us down. So Sonder, he's a lefty, which I like. I don't know why. It just looks cool to see a lefty kicker. Um, you better be fucking great. You're a zero-star. <laughs> That's me. I love you, man. Um, before him, Jeffrey Davis Jr., three-star corner from Connecticut. Um, don't know much about him. I think he's the number one or number two player in Connecticut. It's not a football powerhouse, but happy. We'll take you, man. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say on a lot of these guys. So feel free to jump in since you're a recruiting expert now. Of course. <laughs> uh, next, right before him, was... I think I'm saying it right. Zaki, Zaki Wheatley uh, goes by Ziggy on Twitter. Uh, four-star safety from Maryland. Um, safety slash athlete, I think. So he'll be a lot of fun. Um, and this really all started when we went into Michigan, went to Jim Harbaugh's territory and just raided them in a couple days. We got twins, Kalen, Kalen and Kobe King. Kalen is a four-star corner. Kobe's a three-star linebacker. And Jalen Reed, a four-star safety. All three of those guys are from Michigan. Um, I think the last time we spoke, we talked about Landon Tangwall, a big offensive lineman. He was just oh, a yeah. run of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys in the last two weeks or so. I mean, I remember the last time we did an episode, we were getting a few questions about serious concerns about our recruiting class. Like, why is Penn State's recruiting class so weak right now? I think we're looking pretty good right now. I think we're ranked the 12th or 13th, maybe as high as 11. Yep. Yep, it has picked up for sure. Um, so if you look at the rankings as of right now on the 24-7 composite, we're at 14, uh, which is a little bit lower, but it's constantly changing. Uh, we have no five stars, four four stars, seven three stars. That gives us an average ranking of 88.81. Um, recruiting is a crazy fucking world right now. So there have been an unreal amount of okay, – How many four stars did you say we had? We have four. Why? So I, I thought Landon Tangwall was a four-star as well. He is. So I got Tangwall, Jalen Reed. Lonnie White. 
Christian Value. On the composite. Uh, Riggy Wheatley. Oh, the composite. Oh. Yeah, 24-7 composite, so technically Lonnie White. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, in our hearts, we'll, we'll count it for. Um, but yeah, Landon Tangwell is our number one player, 97-66. That's bordering on five-star territory. Love it. And then our other five-star targets, Nolan Rucci, right? Yep, exactly. You know your stuff, Pat. I love it. Last I checked, the crystal balls are all still pointing to Penn State. Yep. This is uh, – I, I tweeted this, man. This is, in my opinion, the biggest get, like must get of this class. Um, need, need to just fill talents into the O-line. This kid is from Pennsylvania, five-star. He's very quiet. So, like you don't see him dropping top, top 10, top 20, top 30, something like some of these kids do. I think yeah. he's a top 10 or something like that. Um, he, he's – man. He is – a true five-star offensive tackle. He would slot in, I think I put like as the number eight Penn State recruit since recruiting started in 2000. Like he would be well high up on our list. Um, you need him. You absolutely need him. Yeah, this would be huge. Um, in, in this, I, I, I want to call it like the new era of offensive line under, um, what's his name, the new, the new coach? Uh, Troutling. Yeah, Troutling. Um, I also saw, I think we made a top, 10 for another five-star offensive lineman recently. Lee from Fairfax, Virginia. Um, They are actually both ranked 9903. Both five stars. Nolan is the number four offensive tackle in this class. Tristan is the number three offensive tackle in this class. Did you just kill a fly? Yes. Wow. I mean, multitasking. Podcasting (laughs) and karate kidding. If you had chopsticks. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no one's trap lines been telling me to work on my quick hands, you know, so <laughs> I let flies into my room and killed them. Are, are you a five star as well? Is that where we're going with this? You're a five star. Five star fly swatter. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, yes, Nolan Rucci must get Penn State lean. Uh, he has an older brother that went to Wisconsin, I believe. So that is like maybe a thing, but I, th- I think it's down to us and like Notre Dame, I think will be the top two between for him. Uh, Tristan Lee, like I said, they're both ranked the same thing, number three and four. He's a Clemson lean right now. Um, from Virginia. That's going to be hard to change. He's from Virginia. Clemson has had the lead for a while, but Penn State's picked up steam. Um, you know, he's been talking about them more. Uh, like I said, I, I think you said that he just dropped his top ten, so anything could happen. But the, the crazy thing, like I mentioned. And it, is Ohio State in that one too, in his uh, top ten? Probably. Crystal Balls right now is 50% Clemson. 17% Virginia Tech, 17% Penn State, 17% undecided. Um, there's only six. I think we'll jump Virginia Tech soon. Yeah, I mean, that's just a hometown. Someone's going to put it in there. Um, but if you look at our, our prospects, there's Tony Grimes, who is a five-star corner. I love this kid, and I, I thought we had a chance at him early on, but that's looking more and more like Georgia uh, right now. He won't, he won't actually commit till I think, December, so there's a long time. Um, Your time, baby. He would be fantastic. Uh, like I mentioned, Tristan Lee and Nolan Rucci. Dante Thornton, four-star wide receiver who was committed to us a while back, um, but then reopened things. Need to get him back in the fold. And there's been some talks on Twitter, him and Caden Prather, who's another four-star wide receiver, have been tweeting at each other. Caden um, is all – I'm pretty sure all crystal balls are to Penn State. and He, was, he tweeted something like, uh, it's about time. It's like everyone's like, oh, he's going to commit. And then Dante Thornton like tweeted at him like the eyes emoji or something like that. So Twitter, recruiting Twitter is a place where you can draw conclusions from anything. Yeah. 
everyone does. Um, Dante Thornton and then Derek Davis Jr., who's a safety from Pennsylvania, four-star. Um, those are those were pretty much our top targets there. There's a couple other guys that we have some longer shots on. Um, but the crazy thing to me about recruiting is it's been nonstop lately. Like, kids are committing left and right. Ohio State is on a fucking tear. They have three five-stars, 11 four-stars. Tennessee, who hasn't been great recently, is on – They're a school that gets recruits and then just is never good, though. But they're, they're killing it right now. They got a five-star linebacker, number one in the nation. Another, so they have two five-stars, seven four-stars. They're number two in the rankings right now. So it goes Ohio State, Tennessee. Number three? Right. For some reason, Tennessee recruits well, not, like, not just this season. They tend to do this, but they're just never good. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to, I've never really looked at their recruiting history. Um, this, this seems to be unprecedented because even Tennessee fans on Twitter are just like, holy shit, this is crazy. Um, so I think if, if they're normally good, they're great right now. Um, and then number three is fucking North Carolina. Mac Brown has 10 four stars. Dang it. Um, and back to, my, back to my quarterback rant, if we wanted a five-star pro-style quarterback, there was a kid in Pennsylvania. He's number three quarterback overall. Guess where he went? Ohio State. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, uh, positive. We got guys. We got guys. We're, we got momentum. Things are moving. Um, but the crazy part is 24-7 <clears throat> article recently, uh, Brandon, our friend Brandon sent it to me. Uh, the amount of verbal commitments right now, uh, this was as of May 6th. So today's May 10th, so four days ago is more than the past two classes combined at this point. Yeah, I mean, these kids got nothing to do but think. Exactly. <laughs> no, and I think that's what it is, man. It's, it's pandemic. It's people aren't going to be able to make visits. People are worried about will there be a season. So kids are trying to, like, lock in and save their places. So, like, I think there's something like 600-something kids are committed right now. Last year's was, like, 300-something and 200-something. Um, because normally, normally you see it pick up over the summer. And I think that's what I told our first, you know, whoever had that question, like, hey, are we concerned? I was like, yeah, it's March, it's April. Not really, because, you know, normally it picks up over the summer as kids are going into their final season. And then you get your guys throughout the season as well. Um, a ton of people are committed. Um, some class, like Ohio State class is almost full, which is crazy. And they're dominating. Um, I hate them so much. I told, I told you, <laughs> rating is an 88. Their average is a 95.33. Fucking insane. Um, so when people ask, when people ask, like, hey, we're, we're right there. We're knocking on the door of Ohio State. We're going to take them out. Like, we're getting close, man. But that's what you got to do. You got to be able to recruit at that level. Um, and we're getting there. We're getting there. So, like I said, positivity, good vibes. Um, it's great. We've had so many we are dot, dot, dot better tweets. I've been so, so happy. Yeah. Um, anything else recruiting wise, anything you got on your, your brand since you're a recruiting expert now? No, it's uh, we covered it all. <laughs> um, that's really it for this episode. We have a couple, like couple hypotheticals that were on Twitter, um, that I thought might be fun to talk about that basically everyone now is like pandemic, just throwing out questions like, what would you do for this? Or what are things you would want to visit? Or what would you, everything is a, is a hypothetical. So we can do a couple of them. Um, First one I saw, I forget who tweeted this, sorry, not giving you credit, but was name three college football stadiums that you want to go to. In your- so I answered this on Twitter already. So Pat, have you, have you been to other stadiums? What, uh, how many stadiums have you been to? Um, 
trying to think of, I've, I've been a Rutgers baby. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been to Penn State, obviously, Rutgers. Yeah. Um, I will say, actually, I, when I was in eighth grade, I went to that Rutgers game where they beat Louisville. That was a legit uh, uh, atmosphere. Yeah, that's definitely pretty- trumped by every game I've seen at Penn State, but sure. it was good. What, middle school? That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, other than that, uh, I mean, I saw, I saw the game at MetLife. Okay, yep. Have you been to any more? That's like in any other college ones. Uh, no. You got to – when we have a season, you got to check out like uh, USC or UCLA sometime. I refuse to go to the Rose Bowl until I get to watch Penn State play in it. So. Okay. Fair, fair. Um, all right, so those are the ones that you've been to. Um, for me, Beaver Stadium, obviously, I went to the Rose Bowl in 2017. That game that I'm talking about, best game I've ever been to. It's heartbreaking. Um, I went to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. Got to see the Big Ten Championship at 16. Uh, I went to Croke Park in Ireland uh, in 14 when Bill O'Brien took him over there, or Bill O'Brien set it up. I think Franklin was yeah. um, that was great. Um, and then my senior year of college, I did, I don't know if I, did I tell you this? I did an internship with Penn state football. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I, I did this internship as Penn state football and Chevrolet. And they like decked out a card that they were promoting and Penn state decals. And we drove to every away game and like hyped it up on Twitter and promoted it. It was really cool. Got to go to all these games for free. Um, yeah. Really cool internship. So through that, I went to uh, Camp Randall in Wisconsin, which was awesome. Um, the, the jump around is, is pretty damn cool. I uh, went to the Horseshoe, uh, Ohio State. And this isn't me just hating on Ohio State. It was good, like, not great. Um, student section did not wow me. Ohio State campus, beautiful. Had a really, really great time there. Student section didn't wow me. Um, went to Indiana, uh, Bloomington, I think it's called. Um, cool little college town. Um, I went to Ryan Field, which is Northwestern, uh, right outside Chicago. And then I went to one game when I lived up in Northern California. I went to see Cal. And it was Cal versus, like, Utah. Me and my friend just, like, random Saturday went out there and hung out in Berkeley. So that was pretty cool, too. So I feel lucky. I've been to a ton. Um, but let's talk about ones we want to get to. So what, uh, what are some that are on your list? Uh, top for me is still the Rose Bowl. Yep. Um, then probably Death Valley. I hear nothing but good things about and then after that, Camp Randall, I would say. Okay. Now, Death Valley, LSU or Clemson? Aren't they both Death Valley? LSU. <laughs> I don't like that argument. Isn't that the one Clemson calls himself Death Valley, too? I think they might. Yeah. It, I mean, LSU is the Death Valley. They're a good enough program. Like, spin it to a different name. Like, be cool. Yeah. Um, I like those choices. Um, for me, LSU was my first one, too, at night. Um, everyone talks about how. Like the whiteout and LSU are, you know, that's one of the, like the big debates on Twitter. Um, I saw one of the college football accounts tweeted out, like who wants to see a home and home LSU and, and Penn state both at night. That would be fucking, that would be insane. I would go there in a heartbeat. And I think it would be cool to see have LSU fans come to the whiteout. Uh, so that's on my list. Um, I want to go to Michigan. Never been like, I don't, I've been to the stadium, not during a game though. Okay. Is it, does it feel like, a lot bigger, like they always boast because they have technically the largest, but. I, I, I mean, I saw it from the outside. Like a, you have the best judgment. You took measurements. Yeah, I got you. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I'd like to get there. Um, I want to go to Kinnick, uh, Iowa. Kinnick at night where they hold stripes. I think like, you know, even players talk about how crazy that one is. Um, did you see the, the Big Ten Network video that I tweeted? Uh, with all the guys talking about that last drive, that was cool. Did you watch the YouTube, like, the 15-minute version yet? 
No, I just watched like the last couple of plays. Yeah, watch watch the whole thing when you're bored and you have a couple minutes. Like it was really cool. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's uh, the Big Ten Network is doing this thing. It's called like Look Back or something. Um, they're doing it with a bunch of teams, a bunch of sports where they have players watch an old game and just kind of comment on it. Um, I think there's a Bo Nickel one on there. You'd love. Um, I'm almost positive. I didn't watch it, but I think so. Um, but for this one, it was 2016. Uh, Penn State at Iowa, the Juwan Johnson walk-off, uh, and it was Trace McSorley, uh, Mike Kosicki, um, Saeed Blacknell, um, Brandon Bell, Chris Godwin, and I think there was one more. I'm blanking. But it was all of them watching and just, like, shooting the shit about the game. And it was really cool because, like, Godwin was in the league by then and Bell was gone. So they were talking at, like, fans who were watching from, from a distance, and then Trace, Saeed, uh, maybe it was Grant Haley, maybe. And then, and Kasiki, they were all talking about like actually being there. Um, yeah. And some of it was like cool insight, like things that you wouldn't have known. Like, oh yeah, this is what we were thinking during this. And then the rest of it was like them joking. Kasiki talking about how tired he was at the end of the game had me cracking up. He's sitting there going, yes, man, I was gassed on this play. And then like you see them line up and he just like hunches over and you see him like get a heavy breath. They all start laughing at him. Trace is like, man, Mike, I knew you were tired. I know you're that tired. He goes, watch this play, watch this play. Wasn't that what, there was an offensive lineman who watched it with him, right? Because he was the one talking about seeing them with the, the gates open ready for storming the field, right? Yeah, what the fuck was it? This is going to bug me. I'll look, I'm going to look it up right now. Um, but, yeah, there, there's one. Gasicki's like, watch this play, watch this play. Throws it to him. He goes immediately out of bounds. He goes, yeah, I wasn't fighting for any yards on that one. Um, no, it was. It was, yes, it was Trace. Grant Haley, uh, okay. Saeed Blacknell, Gusicki as the players, and then Godwin and Brandon Bell uh, were talking through it. So, yeah, the whole thing was hilarious. Um, hearing Trace talk through that last play, uh, you know, that walk-off to Juwan Johnson, gave a lot of credit to Josh Gaddis, who actually came up with it, told Moorhead to run that play. Um, I basically just gave you the whole damn thing, but it was really cool. If you guys haven't seen it, it Yeah, it, it's, it's worth watching. I hope they do more of those. Um, so yeah, uh, I'd like to get to Kinnick. That's where I started that story. I couldn't fucking remember. Um, so those are probably the top three, but I think some of the others, I'd like to get to Kyle Field, Texas A&M. Um, they are always in that conversation, if it's maybe their own doing or other people, I don't know, but like of best atmospheres. They're, you know, they're big on like the 12th man. Their student section is supposed to be crazy. Uh, team hasn't been very good in a while, but I'd like to go there. Uh, and then lastly, Outson uh, up in Oregon. I just feel like that would be a cool atmosphere too. So hopefully we get college football back and we can start taking road yeah, trip. I need better. I mean, if, if college football and when college football comes back, I, I would like to get to Virginia tech um, since we're playing them there this year, that would be a cool, yeah. fairly easy drive from, from New York. So probably check that one. Um, but yeah, let us know if you guys uh, have been to any really cool atmospheres or, or, you know, been to cool stadiums that you like, let us know which ones we should check out. Um, and then let's wrap up this one. Maybe not going to be a full segment because I don't have a ton of great answers here. Um, but I, I saw, did you see the name image likeness stuff that's going around? Yeah. So it's not like not officially approved yet, but I think like the board of governors recommended to move forward with <clears throat> being able to profit off your own name image likeness. There's a bunch of caveats in there. Uh, the biggest being that we will not get the fucking video game. Everyone on Twitter, as soon as it came out, was like, yeah, can't wait for NCAA 21. It's going to be sick. 
And then like within minutes, it was like, no, there's a clause that says they can't do that. <laughs> um, just fucking bullshit. Um, so it's like they, they, they can't wear or reference their own school's like uniform. So like if you're Micah Parsons, you can be in a commercial or you can like promote something on your own Instagram, but you can't be having like Penn State on you or say, I'm Micah Parsons from Penn State. So like it has to be separate kind of thing. So I guess for the video game, they would be tied together. So they can't do it. Um, all that being said, I had a kind of a hypothetical that I came up with. I tweeted it to Barstool's um, college football podcast and they ignored me. So screw you guys. Just kidding. You're really good. Um, but with these rules, I, my question was, and this could be either maybe like historical or current, like what are the best like endorsement or like player company? What's the, like the best match for a player to be matched up with a company for an endorsement or ones that are just hilarious or ridiculous? Um, the first example that I came up in my head with was like Tim Tebow for Christian Mingle. It's just too, it. just too easy. Um, I don't know if it's full of answers, but wanted to see if you came up with anything. And we'll- with Crocs, obviously. <laughs> if they haven't signed him already, that's a mistake on their part. You can come up with some real bad ones like Joe Mixon and Everlast Boxing Gloves and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Farther than I did. I, 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 I went going there, but I wasn't going all the way there. Uh, one of the first ones that came up was like uh, Baker Mayfield and like Deets Nuts, the Nuts Company. Yep, there you go. Uh, James, like James Winston and Joe's Crab Shack, still crab legs, kind of funny. Uh, I feel like Johnny Manziel is so easy, and I couldn't think of one. Like with all the truck- I tried to be one for him too, but I, I couldn't. Yeah, there's got to be. Um, there were a couple others that I came up other with. Other than like Passages Malibu, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that could work. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the easy ones because they're like people who have trouble off the field. It's like okay, yeah. like if you guys are out there and you're listening to this. Think of some like good ones that would be funny or maybe even just like realistic. Like the Utah Crocs is match made in heaven. Like what are those for either upcoming guys? I don't know what like Trevor Lawrence is into. Um, I don't know what Justin Fields is into, something like that. Or think of some hilarious historical ones for some of the best players. Tweet them our way. Um, we'll, we'll throw it. I think you'd have to get Trace and uh, Wiffle Ball. Oh, so yeah. Trace Wiffle Ball uh, endorsement. I love that. I love that. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like players' personalities and like what we know of like just people that love something. Or you have the hilarious ones that you make up for people's off the field antics. Um, but yeah, freedom at us, people. Yeah, that's really that's really where we're at with college football right now. Um, what's your what's your panic meter for like actually having a season? Where are you at for what percent do you think will actually have a season? Not like on time, not as normal, but like. There will be college football in some capacity, zero to a hundred, as far as. Honestly, I'm at like fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say for me, like that will happen. I think I'm like sixty, sixty-five ish. I think, I think it's just it's too profitable for the NCAA, even without fans. The TV rights alone, like, I think they'll find a way to get something done. Um, will it start on time, or will it be? any similarity to what we see it as today no fucking clue um but i'm feeling i'm feeling confident ish that we'll have something so there's that to look forward to um but that's all i got man what else uh, what's going on with you how's quarantine life any new um, well i first want to send out a congratulations to david taylor and a happy mother's day to his wife kendra on the birth of their daughter london that's- taylor congratulations guys 
Congratulations. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Sorry, I didn't say that at the top. Um, good for him, man. London Taylor, that's a name. Yeah, yeah that's it's a cool name. Cool name. I like that. Um, oh, we, we didn't talk about uh, wrestling. What's that guy that came to Penn State? Uh, you had me tweet out about him? Oh, Thomas Gilman. Yeah, tell us. Thomas Gilman. So um, this, is, this is a, what we refer to as a senior level event, which is guys who are no longer in college. Uh, Thomas Gilman was a four-time All-American at Iowa and world silver medalist in 2017. Oh, damn. And he, this is an Iowa guy all the way. Like, he was – this guy, like, bled Hawkeye black and gold. And he, out of nowhere, kind of made this announcement that he was coming to Penn State to join the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club, um, which is the sort of wrestling club for guys no longer competing in college but still – you know, affiliated with the university. They train at Penn State. It's mostly guys who went there. Um, it's run by Kale. Um, nice. And, you know, this is, first of all, a, you know, a huge chance at a, a Nittany Line, a guy who's now part of the Nittany Line family, becoming an Olympic world medalist, and also could really help recruiting in the one weight class that Penn State has struggled in at 125. Thomas Gilman was a four-time All-American at 125. Uh, the, you know, guys who are now coming in, looking at trying to wrestle in there in college, they're now going to be coming in and wrestling in the same room as Thomas Gilman and training with him. That's yeah. a big get. That was going to be my question to you is like, since it's a yeah, they, they train with the college guys. Okay. So they're, they're like right directly involved. Yes. That's pretty cool. That, yeah. That's a huge. See when, yeah, when you, a lot of these guys who are uh, in like the wrestling club, they're like, they're almost like assistant coaches. Okay. That, that's what that was going to be my question. Cause when you first told me about it, I was like, all right, he's in state college, but does that really mean a lot if they're like doing their yes. own somewhere else? Apparently it does. Okay. Very like they train in the same room and everything. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, welcome Thomas Gilman. Congrats to David Taylor and uh, Penn State Wrestling going to be dominant as always. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really all I got, man. Quarantine life is quarantine life. Just cruising along. I'm hoping for some good football news, but hope everyone's out there staying safe. Um, if you guys have anything you want to talk about, anything you want to hear from a podcast perspective, hit us up, let us know. And uh, hopefully we'll put out another one of these in a couple weeks. Pat, any last words? Stay safe, guys. Pray for football. Hell yes, we are.